Hi, my name is Susan Silentoy and welcome to this channel. Um, the aim of this channel is to provide information about how government works and how systems are set up so that we can be able to understand our role as citizens in improving the governance in our country and through this we can raise a politically empowered generation. Today's episode um, is going to be about the division of revenue um, and we will discuss the division of revenue dilemma in the country. I don't know if you remember some time back there was this fight in Senate about the division of revenue bill. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, we'll start by giving a brief um, history, background about division of revenue since independence until the new constitution. And then we'll explain how the constitution has lined out how division of revenue should be. And then we'll go ahead to explain what the fight in Senate was about and how it affects you and what you can do about it. So don't forget to like, subscribe and please share. So when it comes to revenue, ideally, government will collect revenue from different sources. And this is through your taxes, all the taxes on Alipianga, VAT, um, income tax, excise duty if you import things. This is a whole topic on its own. But this revenue is collected through the KRA, the Kenya Revenue Authority. So from then on, the Treasury comes up with how to distribute this budget within the country. Um, and it is helped um, by other agencies um, through the guidance of the constitution. So initially we were colonized, yeah? So during colonization, um, the British government at the time focused the investment of revenue within a given area. So this area was mainly along the railway line, which is from Mombasa to Kisumu and its environs. So if you look at it, you'll find that um, major hospitals, national high schools, feeder roads, highways are mainly concentrated in that area along Mombasa to Kisumu and its environs. So when the new government came in, the independence government came in, they took in the same policy and they justified it by saying that these are high potential areas, you know, they gave it that they have a larger population, um, they also talked about it being, having enough rainfall, um, so they had a way of justifying it but it mainly concentrated the funding in just this region for years <laughs> and through this there was useless kenya which is had zero investment well had no investment um and then there was useful kenya which was along the railway line that was productive and had more investment in government so going forward there was obviously pressure from international community to kind of distribute the funding further and that's how we came up with um, the district focus for rural development fund that gave funding to directly to districts and in some in instances directly to hospitals such as in the healthcare sector. Um, later on we also came up with the CDF which is the constituency development fund that was in the year 2003. <laughs> um, and, and that is how funding was distributed up until um, the new constitution came up. So by the time the new constitution was being introduced, we had areas in Kenya that were completely marginalized due to decades of lack of investment from government. And there were areas that were being okay. Um, comment down below if you know any of the areas that you know have that you feel were marginalized, you think are marginalized. Are you from these regions? Let us know, tell us. So now we're getting into the new constitution. So the new constitution came in and 
you know the those effort to try and deal with those historical injustices so sasa constitution came up with a given formula because it obviously came with devolution which is the counties and it dictated what percentage goes where so 85% of all the revenue collected goes to the national government and by national government we mean like ministries and parastatals and then there's a 15% that goes to counties so counties the 47 of them um get funding from that 15% and then there's a 5% known as the equalization fund now the equalization fund specifically is for dealing with historical marginalization and that is by providing water roads health facilities electricity and so much more to this areas what that were historically marginalized well however a it's not operational yeah but moving on <laughs> so now we get to where the fight in senate was about um it was about the counties you know the senate represents the interests of the counties and senate is the one that determines how much goes to each county and also um and make sure that this funding is using properly is used properly <laughs> okay so so they don't just determine this funding goes where out of nowhere um the constitution actually gives a criteria for which um this funding should be divided so you look at county population um you look at the land area because some places have few, like smaller populations but still have like a really large area areas like Turkana um, or Marsabit are really big counties uh, we're also looking at poverty index so that if a county has more people who are living below the poverty line um, they can get more funding for that then we're also looking at things that don't change such as the basic share index which is the overhead cost of the counties the counties have employees um they pay bills so that's also determined at the senate and then also fiscal responsibility and this is just about um when the counties are prudent with their resources they use the resources properly they're rewarded for it so how the formula is is what changes and uh, once in every five years the senate has the liberty to determine how much goes where and to structure the the formula um in relation to addressing the issues at the time so that is what the fight of, of for senate was about and the main issue of contention was that counties with larger populations felt that they need to get more funding as compared to counties with smaller populations um and that's why they came up came up with the one man one vote one shilling kind of thing um the irony of this is that it takes us back to where we were before because initially the count, the funding used to go where populations are larger and now the constitution is trying to deal with that so that the 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 country can be at an equal playing field so that is what the fight was about um so they did they eventually they didn't come up with a new formula they just used the old one that was used um and i will give the figures <laughs> <laughs> who give the figures as to what happened there um although um based on that now the counties with the largest uh, revenue share include Nairobi, Nakuru, Kiambu and Trukana. I know Trukana is a, is a is an interesting one because they have fewer populations but they have a bigger landmass um hence going back to the formula that was given. So how does this affect you? Um 
the division of revenue is important because um, once the counties get their funding, counties give very critical services to people. Um, services such as healthcare. Your healthcare is directly impacted by how much funding your county gets. Um, and so it is, it is through this funding that they're able to employ doctors, new doctors, more doctors. Um, they're able to get proper medical uh, facilities, they're able to invest more in such infrastructure. Uh, and that's just one example of a critical um, service that the county provides. Um, the county also provides services for preschools, for public preschools. Um is afford Kupelekam to kindergarten. So most of the people actually take kids to public preschools uh, and these preschools are funded directly by the county. The other thing is I don't know how many people have been to marginalized areas in the in the country. Um, they they lack basic services like roads, like infrastructure water school some people go really far to go to a school some people go really far to go to a hospital um and so the division of revenue is important because it helps these places provide such services in areas where they've not been provided for for a really long time um so yeah and eventually it tries to make the county more the country more equal so that's how it affects you now to manini after all this to manini so with this information, um, the next time probably you're meeting with someone who wants to get elected or is being elected, you can ask, you know, what is your view about how revenue should be distributed? Um, now that you are aware of how revenue is distributed, it is important for you to ask someone what their priorities are and, and see whether it is in line with you. If you'd like more information about what we've talked about, I've linked um, some documents below. Make sure you check them out if you'd like to find out further information. Um, and let me know if, if there's any documents that you've read that you think would be useful for us. That would also be great. Put that in the comments below. So yeah, that has been today's episode. Um, let me know if you've learned something new about division of revenue. Um, comment down below if you have any questions, any feedback, any comments. Uh, this is a journey we're starting on. We want to want to learn more about what government does so that we are aware. this time. We know. So so let me know. Give me feedback. Tell me what you want us to talk about. Is there anything that really interests you? I'd love to hear from you. And yeah, subscribe. Let's get to some good numbers so that we can reach out to more people. And remember, we are becoming a politically empowered generation. Till next time. Bye.